This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, chaos here in the nation's capital with a gunman on the loose. After firing dozens of shots, the FBI, Secret Service, and ATF all on the scene will have the latest details on the breaking news. Washington on alert. The heavy police presence. Guns drawn. Officers in tactical gear running as a shooter fires indiscriminately, wounding two men and a girl. Republicans in disarray. Tonight, the stunning news that the man who wants to be Speaker of the House was disparaging then-President Donald Trump and saying he'd ask him to resign. I've had it with this guy. Masking whiplash. Los Angeles County reinstates a mask mandate on public transit as other cities like Philadelphia drop their requirements. Stock market drops. The Dow plunges, suffering its worst one day since the height of the pandemic. Tonight, Russia claims victory in Mariupol as they credit Muslim Chechen fighters. We're in the Ukrainian capital. Fears of the worst wildfire in Arizona's history. Tonight, firefighters face strong winds, struggling to fight a major blaze. And on this Earth Day, growing demand for electric vehicles. But could a supply chain issue put the brakes on the industry? Bald eagle deaths, why dozens of the nation's official bird are dying. And on the road, the amazing friendship between an eight-year-old cancer patient and a major league baseball player. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We want to begin with some breaking news as we come on the air. A scary scene here in the nation's capital as the search is on for a suspect accused of shooting multiple people. The mayor just moments ago calling the situation an active threat. Three people were shot, including one juvenile. Thankfully, all are in stable condition and expected to survive. At least six different law enforcement agencies are responding and trying to clear the scene. This is near a middle and high school, which was put on lockdown and residents are told to shelter in place. We want to get straight to CBS's Catherine Herridge, who's on the scene with the latest developments. Catherine, what can you tell us? Well, Nora, the shooting unfolded just as school was letting out at this hour, an active manhunt for one or more suspects as police go door to door canvassing the neighborhood. Federal and local law enforcement surged into northwest Washington, about four miles north of the White House, after gunshots erupted on a major thoroughfare in the nation's capital. Be advised I'm on the scene of an active shooter. Person shot in the alleyway. Witnesses described hearing dozens of shots pulsing through the neighborhood, which houses multiple schools, a college campus, and embassies. Uh, We do not have a motive at this time. We do not know the full details of what took place. In an unverified video that the police have yet to identify, the shooter may have live-streamed the attack. 
As the injured were rushed from the scene, residents were told to shelter in place as police cordoned off the area. And we're continuing to do a very thorough search. As you know, some of these buildings are very large. They're, they've taken some time for us to go through. Ellen Krug was blocks away waiting for news from her daughter. She was going to pick up her eighth grader and uh, heard all this uh, shooting. She thought it was a jackhammer, but it, it stopped and then it started again. And when she called us, she was so hysterical, I couldn't understand what she was saying. As SWAT teams focused on an apartment building behind a local school, multiple law enforcement agencies responded to the scene, including the Secret Service and the FBI. And at this hour, law enforcement is pulling surveillance camera video, security camera video to build the description of the suspect or suspects. Nora, this investigation is in its earliest stages. Catherine Herridge, thank you very much. Another major bombshell here in Washington has the city buzzing tonight. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy caught in a lie after saying on tape that he was ready to ask then-President Donald Trump to resign from office following the Capitol insurrection on January 6th. CBS's Scott McFarlane is on Capitol Hill with the stunning new details. Newly released phone calls show Kevin McCarthy told fellow House Republicans shortly after the U.S. Capitol attack Donald Trump had acknowledged bearing some blame for it. He told me he does have some responsibility for what happened, um, and he needs to acknowledge that. Authors of the new book, This Will Not Pass, have released a series of clips of McCarthy's phone calls with fellow Republicans from the days after the insurrection. In one call, McCarthy expressed frustration with the former president. I've had it with this guy. Uh, what he did is unacceptable. Um, Nobody can defend that and nobody should defend it. In another, McCarthy said he was considering asking Trump to resign. It would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it. McCarthy is now being accused of being deceitful, as he said he didn't remember the earlier phone call. Those comments made less than three weeks before he made this pilgrimage to Mar-a-Lago. I'm not sure what call you're talking about, so... And he had denied ever recommending Trump should resign. Several members of the January 6th committee tell CBS News they've long sought an interview with McCarthy and said the audio shows McCarthy could shed light on Trump's mindset. Why is that revelation important to your committee? I think it is very important that Kim McCarthy has evidence the former president acknowledged bearing some responsibility for that attack on the Capitol. Uh, This is an admission of guilt by the former president. A subpoena to the House Republican leader could trigger a legal dispute, and time is running short. The committee hopes to have public hearings next month. We do feel a sense of urgency. Because the hearings will tell um, a story that will really blow the roof off the House. Our requests for comment from Kevin McCarthy and the former president were not returned today. The Washington Post reports the two men have talked since the audio was released. No statement criticizing or supporting Kevin McCarthy today from Donald Trump. Nora? Scott McFarlane, thank you. Let's turn now overseas to Ukraine. The tragic loss of lives from the brutal siege in Mariupol is becoming clearer tonight. Ukrainian authorities say more than 20,000 civilians have been killed in the city. Meanwhile, a senior Russian military commander said that Moscow wants complete control of not just eastern Ukraine, but also the southern region as well. CBS's Chris Livesay reports tonight from Kyiv. Mariupol has fallen, Russia says, thanks to its Muslim Chechen fighters who shared this video capturing their celebration. 
some Ukrainian forces are still holding out. Capturing Mariupol would be a much-needed victory for Vladimir Putin and a sign of what may come in eastern Ukraine, now at the center of his war. But his recent defeats in and around Kyiv expose unresolved weaknesses, starting with Russia's armored vehicles. This is made of aluminum. Yes, that's why it uh, explodes and burns and melts so easily. Ukrainian military expert Yuri Zbanatsky takes me through a graveyard of Russian tanks in the city of Bucha. It's not a good military leadership if you're losing so many men and so many so, so much equipment. To date, Ukraine says Russia has lost close to 3,000 armored vehicles, but only half in battle. As for the other half, they were abandoned or ran out of fuel, and it's finders keepers for these farmers. Their personnel is not properly trained. Their commanding officers are not uh, able to plan their offensive operations. It may be one of the world's biggest armies, but quantity doesn't equal quality, says Russian propaganda expert Marco Suprun, who shows me a telephone from a captured Russian tank. Seriously? I mean, it looks like it came out of a museum. This is the quality of the work that we're dealing with. Unbelievable. This is a country that has nuclear weapons. They use this to communicate. <laughs> How is this a sim symbol of power? And for another example of Russian power, look no further than the warship Moskva. Ukraine stunned the world when it sank the Russian flagship last week. Russia's defense ministry has just announced that one sailor aboard was killed with 27 missing, but the real number could be much higher. Nora? And the mothers of those sailors want to know where they are. Chris Livesay, thank you. Well, now to those explosive wildfires in the West that are still raging tonight. Warnings are posted in half a dozen states, including Arizona, Colorado and New Mexico, where high winds and drought conditions are fueling an outbreak of large fires. Here's Holly Bach of our CBS Phoenix affiliate, KPHO. This is what firefighters in northern Arizona are up against. Strong, erratic winds. Even when they catch a break, it isn't much. Some rain fell overnight, but the tunnel fire is still just 3% contained. And now the winds are back. At least 30 homes have burned, including what little is left of this one. Security video shows how close the flames came to consuming this house. The tunnel fire is now at more than 21,000 acres. Among the area scorched is the Sunset Crater Volcano National Monument. Park officials posted that the monument itself has burned in its entirety. Fueled by drought and climate change, Colorado's three largest wildfires ever have occurred just in the past two years. Today, the governor announced $20 million in funding to prepare for what he fears could be the worst wildfire season in state history. These events are not anomalies, and that's why Colorado really needs to up our game to prepare for the year-round fire risk that we now face. More than 370 firefighters are hoping to gain the upper hand this weekend, but the winds continue shifting. With that concern, the nearly 2,000 residents evacuated will not be allowed to go in just yet. Nora? Holly Bach in that windy flagstaff. Thank you. The CDC tonight says COVID-19 was the third leading cause of death in 2021, following only heart disease and cancer. That means more than one in eight deaths last year had coronavirus as an underlying cause. This comes as some of America's largest cities are grappling with whether to mandate masks on public transportation. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. 
Philadelphians may have a touch of whiplash today as the city dropped its indoor mask mandate just four days after it went into effect. We don't feel like the mandate is necessary at this point. It was the first and only big city to reimpose mask requirements for indoor public spaces this spring. But with cases leveling off and COVID hospitalizations dropping more than 20 percent, a reversal. And I said when we announced the mask mandate that if we didn't see hospitalizations rise in tandem with the rise in cases, that we would need to change and rethink our metrics. The abrupt change comes as Omicron subvariant BA2 is on the rise. While the overwhelming majority of Americans live in areas with low community levels, cases are rising in 36 states. Although a judge struck down federal mask requirements on transportation, Los Angeles County is continuing its mask mandate aboard its mass transit system, including Los Angeles International Airport. And surging cases in Boston have prompted the health department to recommend masks once again. If we're only talking about hanging on another two or three weeks, you know, is that really so difficult if it's going to save lives? Rosita Lamberti's family owns Positano Coast Restaurant in Philadelphia. We're heading towards a, in a better direction. Sure. So, and to have to then all of a sudden go backwards, I, I think our guests were really confused by that. And while local officials seem to constantly change their policies, a new poll out today shows 64% of Americans would support an indoor mask mandate if COVID rates spike. Nora? Nancy Chen, thank you. Wall Street ended the week with a brutal day of losses. The Dow dropped nearly 1,000 points for its worst day since October of 2020. All major indexes were down by 2.5% or more. It's being blamed partly on a slew of disappointing corporate earnings and fears that the Fed will soon raise interest rates again to control inflation. On this Earth Day, we want to get you plugged in on the booming sales of electric vehicles. Gas-powered cars and trucks are among the worst sources of planet-warming pollution in this country, and many Americans want to switch to electric. But as we continue our series, Earth 365, CBS's Ben Tracy warns EV shoppers may get zapped by supply chain roadblocks. One way to avoid the pain at the pump is to never have to go there. Katie Mitchell got an electric car in January and says she's now saving hundreds of dollars a month charging up versus filling up. When you saw the gas prices just skyrocket, how lucky did you feel? So lucky and so grateful. I mean, it's one of the things that I give thanks for. A new CBS News poll finds most Americans would or might consider buying an EV. Those who would cite the environment and high gas prices as their top reasons. People are begging for a better, less fuel-intensive way to drive, to be divorced of fuel pump prices, and yet finding any new car, let alone a model that's electric, is so hard right now. A lot of the electric models automakers keep announcing are not yet available, and now a looming battery shortage could pump the brakes even more. The CEO of Rivian, which is struggling to deliver some of its new vehicles, is warning this could be worse than the current chip shortage. Demand for the materials inside the batteries, namely lithium, is skyrocketing. The U.S. has just one lithium-producing mine in southern Nevada, providing less than 2% of world supply. Tesla is the EV market leader, but the waiting list for its cars is now several months long. I feel a little bit like an accidental genius. Mitchell is grateful she got hers when she did. Ben Tracy, CBS News, Los Angeles. 
If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, officials are investigating the cause of a deadly plane crash near Atlanta. A small plane went down shortly after takeoff Thursday evening, slamming into several trailers at a General Mills cereal plant. Both people on board were killed. No one on the ground was hurt. Tonight, there's evidence that the bird flu outbreak that's been ravaging the poultry industry is also impacting wild birds, even bald eagles. The avian flu was blamed this week for the deaths of three bald eagles in Georgia. It has also recently killed eagles in Vermont and North Carolina. Nationwide, the CDC says more than 700 wild birds have been infected, including dozens of eagles. People often say that you should never meet your heroes because they will never live up to your expectations. CBS's Steve Hartman found out on the road that's not always the case. Watching eight-year-old Chloe Grimes talking smack, hitting liners, and throwing heat, you'd never guess she's also fighting cancer and has been off and on since the age of two. The girl has grit, which is why the Tampa Bay Rays recently invited Chloe to toss out a first pitch. She threw it to a player named Brett Phillips, who now believes this moment wasn't so much ceremonial as it was serendipitous. What a story, right? You can't not think that there's just some, you know, divine intervention. Brett Phillips, number 35, is Chloe's favorite player even though he's not exactly an all-star. He's not the best hitter, you know. I know, but he's so nice. What's up, guys? She's got that right. This is a player who comes out 20 minutes before every game to talk with kids. How you doing, man? Almost to the point of parenting. How are those grades? He'll make time for people, even in the middle of a play. I've never seen a professional athlete so devoid of bravado especially on the day Chloe walked into his life. You know, I had the chance to meet Chloe for the first time, and she's battling cancer, and she brought me these gifts. <laughs> she wrote my name on a softball, and, like, holy cow. Among those gifts... I'm going to wear it tonight, all right? A bracelet. It's going to bring me good luck, huh? And sure enough, that night, not just a home run... It was the hardest ball I've hit in my major league career... If not for the roof, it might have left the building. Needless to say, Brett won't be taking off that bracelet anytime soon. Although Chloe insists that she got the better gift. He gave me spirit to like beat the butt out of cancer. <laughs> and to Brett Phillips, that smile is what baseball is all about. I've been blessed with a platform to spread joy and love. Hey! 
on a daily basis. What are you doing? This oh week, Brett surprised God. Chloe at her house, <laughs> cemented their friendship, oh and earned himself the greatest title in professional sports, okay. most valuable okay. presence in a child's okay. life. How was school? Steve Hartman, on the road, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Kindness will always lead to a home run. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret's guests include Ukraine's Prime Minister, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, you can set your DVR and watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in our nation's capital. Good night and have a great weekend. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.